Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D podcast. And listeners, we have a returning star. But here's the thing, right? I'm gonna I, I'm gonna apologize for how I introduced this athlete the first time. This time around, listeners, you know how we do this time around. We have to make sure that our athletes, that our guests feel comfortable. So before our guest says anything, let's introduce our guest the right way, listeners. So let me get my um, David Stern voice on. Just give me a second. <clears throat> okay. Right. <clears throat> listeners, stepping onto the courts at 5'10", by way of Surrey, British Columbia, formerly played at NC State. Shout out to the Wolfpack stand-up. Now playing professionally in the Swiss Basketball League, scoring 26 points and winning MVP honours at the preseason Super Cup, and followed that up with 19 points in her debut game on the podcast. Please give a warm welcome to the returning star, Ace, aka Sharpshooter, aka Don't Leave Her Open, aka A Coach. You need to come up out of that zone because it's not working. Ace <laughs> you always oh have the best goodness. intros, I have to admit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ace, how are you doing, man? How's your how's your physical? How's your mental? Um, I'm doing really well. I'm in here in Freiburg, Switzerland. Uh, we actually play tomorrow, but physically, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling strong and healthy, which is a blessing, especially in current times. Right. And then uh, mentally, you know, we're heading into the holiday season, so I'm missing home a little bit. But um, I'm actually preparing a Thanksgiving dinner nice. um, for my team right now because I can't do it tomorrow because of the game. Uh, but we'll be doing Thanksgiving dinner together Thursday. Oh, bet. What's in that? I'm, I'm being a little bit um, nosy here because I'm um, here in London. Thanksgiving isn't really a thing. So when I hear stories about Thanksgiving from other people, I tend to get a bit nosy. So what's on the, uh, what's on the um, menu? <laughs> um, well, we have green bean casserole, candied yams, mashed Ooh. potatoes, uh, macaroni and cheese, br- uh, roasted garlic Brussels sprouts, uh, I'm a vegan, but I will be making um, ham and bringing rotisserie chicken as well for the non-vegans. And then um, I will also be making a sweet potato pie and an apple crumble. Okay, so I'm 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 not gonna front. I'm gonna need to save me a plate for that mac and cheese, and um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need some of that sweet potato pie as well because I hear it in the movies a lot. So I'm gonna need to try me some of that for sure. <laughs> I'm hey, that's sweet potato pie is one of my specialties. So okay, um, chef, it might, be, it might be worth okay. the trip over to Switzerland. Oh bet, <laughs> bet, bet. Now um oh man um first off um sugar i'm i'm extremely um proud of just what you've been doing on the a pro level and just kind of um it was quite fortunate to have you on the pod just before you made that transition and um for the listeners who don't know just just hearing about your story and the the uh how do i even describe it like i i i feel like your journey from the States to Swiss should be in a movie, like a motion picture movie, because some of the stories that you say on your blog had me absolutely cracking up. And we're gonna get into that um, a little bit later on the pod, but 
for yourself um you know finding a home away from home june 15th you know playing overseas in a country where you wasn't that fluent in the language um could you just kind of speak about your experience making that transition signing the paper and just give us a little backstory of what you remember back then well actually one of the reasons i decided to come to this team was because they spoke french and i'm fluent in french so um that made it really easy um but other than that the choice to come here really was on the stability of the league because we are continuing to play despite um, some of the issues we've had with corona Mm -hmm. and then um also the fact that this team plays in euro cup so uh the swiss league itself is um about a mid major type league in europe but the fact that we play euro cup makes it very competitive and so i was hoping to go to a place that sets me up really well um to get back to the WNBA, and i found that place here in freeburg indeed indeed and it's I don't know for for me your story is quite interesting because um, having played for Canada already you're getting you kind of got a early look on what international basketball is like as opposed to some students that kind of only play in the states so for yourself when you made that trip over to Swiss and you're playing against um international talent was there anything that you was behind on or your kind of previous experience kind of prepared you for where you're at now just in terms of the style of play i think my previous experience with the canadian national team um but also with nc state has prepared me really well i think the competitiveness of um nc state and the acc really set me up for pro-life well um Mm. but the in the sense of style of play and um, living in another country and dealing with, um, you know, different types of hardships than you would deal with in college. I mean, I live in this little um, apartment. I'm in a studio apartment here in the lower city. I have to walk to get my groceries. It's an adventure almost every single day. And I think (laughs) um, Team Canada really prepared me well for those two aspects of um, playing pro in Switzerland. Right, and, and speaking of adventure, it's quite funny to say that because I don't know how you did it. If I was on a platform and I'm confident that I'm at the right platform and then someone tells me, no, 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 you need to go on that platform and it's literally on like the other end of the station. Fortunately, you had a friend to kind of help you carry your bags. That experience itself, just, just getting here must have been um, fun, but exhausting at the same time, no? Oh yeah, um, the trip to Switzerland, I went through Austria because I'm also an Austrian citizen right. and that means that it would it made it easier for me to uh, get into Europe and be tested and able to travel. Mm-hmm. And then I went and spent some time with my family before com- that lives in Austria before coming to Switzerland. Right. And traveling alone for the first time in Europe. I've traveled in Europe but it's always been with people, with family, with teams. Right, right. Um, traveling for the first time, especially in a country where I don't speak the language. I mean, I understand a little bit of German, but right. um, Austrian German is very different. Different, yes, um, it is. <laughs> so 
didn't quite understand the language um was traveling alone had to figure a lot of stuff out like how to go and get a phone plan so i would be able to contact people if i needed them that was um very interesting and exciting and fun uh a good challenge and a good setup to kind of bring me to the easier state of being in switzerland where they speak french um but it was just a really exciting it makes for a great story i was running around these train platforms like a chicken with my head cut off i had like three roller bags i could barely carry everything um and you know it was it was a mess but it <laughs> was super exciting and you know when i get to tell people back home about it they really do enjoy uh right. my misfortune in that case right right oh uh, you're you're good because i'm um i would have been in the same boat as you because i'm used to traveling with like family or friends to be dolo by myself and second to be in a country where i'm not that fluent in the language like i would have probably mastered the art of sign language at that point in time we're like i need to go left okay cool cool but oh my gosh some of the stories you was explaining was absolutely amazing but one thing i absolutely loved and um i'm i'm not gonna lie ace i was a little bit um envious when you said like literally because um you like to walk around and kind of get a feel for the city and the people and when you said that there's literally a basketball court on every block i was like that's like a London baller's dream because we have to travel a fair bit even though it's gotten a bit better but we have to travel a fair bit like a solid maybe 20 or 30 minutes to find a decent court but for you to find a block on every single court was you quite surprised by that or or not so much I was but mostly because of just the sheer amount that you see i mean i was Jeez, in probably in a man, one man. block radius there was like three hoops that like courts that you could see and um you know i was on in my taxi heading to uh to my hotel and right. because i knew i might be there for a couple of days i needed to scope out basketball spots and i was trying to see it and i was so shocked that every single stoplight there was another court and mm-hmm. people were playing the entire time and it was um a, i agree with you sometimes you have to to find a good court you have to travel a ways but here every single court was well taken care of was had painted lines down had some type of mesh up and a backboard um so it was just like super exciting for me to be able to see that because you know i was thinking wow maybe i just need to stay here Hey, I'm thinking this literally as you're describing it. I'm low key shedding a tear like that's just a dream. Like to find all good quality basketball courts and they're taken mm-hmm. care of. Oh my gosh, that is that is far and few between to find here. So I don't know, like what would you in those moments when you was kind of exploring Vienna and just seeing what it was like? What what type of um? Well, first of a two part question. What was the first thing that you was looking for just in terms of i don't know was you checking out the transport what the food was like and then two you know when you came to your conclusion what impression did that place leave on you um vienna is a amazing city very urban but still cultural and uh like I said in my blog, I really enjoy experiencing the city right. um, through the eyes of 
some like just walking through the streets i don't i don't really have a plan when i leave the hotel i just follow the next coolest thing i see around the corner and it nice. usually takes me um you know to all of the hot spots eventually so i actually i think i walked that first day nine miles yes um, yes and did. i was just yeah. around and i kept going and it was beautiful it was exciting um the mashup between um like the very urban shopping um, type community with this beautiful architecture and gardens um, was just so uh, amazing to see and especially experience without really knowing where you're going but yeah. having your feet take you somewhere um, that was something really exciting so for me I really enjoy just feeling as if I'm experiencing the city the way it was meant to be experienced as right. As not so much a tourist but as an adventure mm -hmm. and I think that Vienna is someplace that I could probably walk like that every day for a week and continue to find something new and that's probably the most exciting part of that city yeah oh, that's, 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 that's so dope because even um, as you were saying I could kind of see myself and you in terms of when I went to um, Mississauga a couple years ago um, it was pretty much Ace the same setup like I would kind of see where the basketball courts are. I literally come out of my aunt's house, turn left, literally within two minutes of walking, I see one basketball court. I'm like, okay, bet, let me keep on walking. I see a second basketball court. Third, I'm just like, oh, this is the life, man. Like, so just to wake up, have some breakfast, step on the court, even though it was, um, it was, it was quite uh, interesting because as soon as I stepped on the court, um, bearing in mind, backstory, I didn't bring no basketballs on the flight. So I literally went to, Walmart and they didn't have no Spalding or no NBA ball so you know that rubber ball that everyone starts with that the grip isn't mm -hmm. that great if you pump it up too big it's just gonna bounce all over the place so I pretty much look like a scrub from the get-go so look at me like hey yo man you you play ball and I was like yeah yeah you know I'm from London oh you oh you from London but y'all play ball out there I'm like yeah man we we hoop so obviously we're getting into the matches now and hey so I'm telling you as soon as I get the ball they're sagging on me I'm like Oh, you don't know how much pow one three two and I was like, oh, so you hooping hooping? I was like, this is what I told you in the beginning, my guy. But yeah, that that whole experience was was um super fun to have. But I mean, the the trip and again, it it should have been a motion picture. And the way you was describing your trip from Vienna to and I hope I'm saying this wrong. And Ace, please correct me um if I'm wrong. Um, from Vienna to I'm gonna say. Grass, grace, grass, grace, grass. Ah, see that accent there is impossible yeah. for me. Well, one more time. Grats. Huh, <sighs> grats, grats. There you go. <laughs> okay, okay. Your your trip from Vienna to that place there. I'm, I'm not gonna say it again, but um, that place. It was literally interesting because just when I thought, and even as you was explaining, I'm thinking, okay, you just caught the train to where you want to go to. You've got some space to yourself. You can kind of lay down, relax, Steve, and then to wake up and have two ticket inspectors staring at you like, why are you here with your passport and stuff? That must have been quite like, just give me a break, man. I don't speak this language. I, I, I just want to hoop at this point. Like, if you could just run us back through, you know, what that moment was like for you. Yeah, so traveling from Graz to uh, Switzerland um, was, a whirlwind um mm. i took the overnight train from graz to zurich and um 
I didn't I was just so excited to be on a train like that I had never traveled by train overnight right. um, and being able to see the countryside and the, the kind of nightfall it was really nice and I had that carriage to myself so I didn't I didn't sleep for the first um, like I would say eight hours of the 11 hour um, trip because I was just so excited wow. so I finally fell asleep and I am a young woman traveling alone right. and I'm in this carriage and I wake up to two men standing over me and, <laughs> and I was in complete shock because right. I don't quite remember falling asleep but all of a sudden they're standing over me and they're speaking to me in German Oh, and gosh. I am so shocked. I, <laughs> right. I, they can visibly see that I am shaken. So they like <laughs> oh, wow. try and speak slower. And then I'm like, hey, English, not... please. <laughs> yeah, please. <Right. laughs> English. And they're like, oh, okay. Passport and ticket. And I, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I have to get my bearings. Remember where I put my passport. And finally I get it to them. And you can see they have so much. Uh, pity for me because I am just oh, so bless. frazzled bless. and so they finally do and they take the tickets and they they say sorry for waking you everything and they leave and I, I calm down and then I fall asleep again and next thing I know somebody is standing over me again telling again. me it's time to get off the train Gosh. but a second and, time you like come on man seriously like what is going on at this point <laughs> Yeah, and I had I had an alarm, but I must have turned it off. So okay. I get I get off the train and I look at my thing, and I have five minutes to find my next train. And if you don't know Zurich uh, train station, there are forty trains at Jesus. Zurich train station, and everything is in German. And I didn't know this, but the place I was going wasn't on the name of the train. It was. I was supposed to go take the Geneva airport one, but I didn't know that. So I'm looking at this board. Everything is in German. I can't find my city. I know I know that should say Freiburg, but in Ger German it's Freiburg. So okay. um, I'm looking for it, can't find it. I'm, I have no service because my service was only in Austria, in European countries, and Switzerland isn't <laughs> part right. of the, the European Union. Right. And I am... Um, losing my mind about to cry i'm on four hours of sleep and nobody can help me oh, so finally God. i run over to the i find a self-help desk uh and there's a gentleman there and he asks and i say i need to get to freiburg and he goes oh freiburg germany and i said no freiburg switzerland and he right. goes oh okay well that train just left Oh, of course. Of course. Why wouldn't it have left? Of course, Please. yeah. And I, and so I'm on the verge of tears. He goes, but let me see your ticket. And so I let show my ticket. And he says, this is a general ticket. You can get on the next one. It comes in half an hour. Go to this station. And there. Okay. So I, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I All finally right. get to a cafe, get some Wi-Fi. I'm able to message uh, the people picking me up here in Switzerland, Freiburg, that uh, I will be about half an hour late. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to tell my parents that I'm okay. And right. then I finally get on the train and I can take a deep breath and I'm on, <sighs> in the final leg of my journey to Freiburg. Right. Oh, my. You're better than me. I would have just tapped out at that point. I'm sorry. Especially the part that killed me was when you were saying how um 
uh, I think you was um, exploring the city and you went to a restaurant and when the waitress came up to you, they um, didn't speak German. They didn't speak English, but they spoke Romanian. At that point, I was like, okay, like just, just, I, I would have been just putting, okay, can I, this one? Yeah, good, not good. Like, oh my gosh, that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, because in crazy. Austria, I, I wasn't aware that there was such a large uh, Romanian population in Austria. So when okay. I sat down at that restaurant, um, you know, I I couldn't, I tried to speak a little German. She didn't understand. So I thought it was just the fact that my German was so awful. Right. And then eventually she was able to explain to me that, no, I only speak Romanian. And I, and I just gave up and said, you know what? I put it into my translator. I said, bring me whatever is your favorite. Okay. <laughs> and that's okay. what I ate for dinner. Right, right. So how, because I mean, I'm, I'm learning Spanish at the moment and obviously there's different slangs in different uh, Spanish speaking countries, but like 95% of it, they all speak the same. So what, what's the actual, um, I don't know, differences between Austrian German and then the other side of German? Is it like the grammar or just it's a completely separate language on its own? Um, there are similarities and usually in Austria, if you speak regular, like German German, they'll understand you. You might not understand them, but um, it's kind of in the same way that um, the UK English is different from American English. Okay. Um, it's, it's just the way the you would say uk is very proper in the way that they the words they use um and the slangs from um austrian german switzerland german and and german german are all very different so it's really funny because i was with my family in austria and they were telling me that if they were to come to switzerland mm -hmm. and they call it switzerdeutsch um they wouldn't be able to understand the Switzerdeutsch because it would be so completely different that um, they wouldn't be able to communicate. Wow. Goodness me, language. See, it's, <laughs> it's so funny because sometimes I think when um, you, you have some foreigners that come to London and they hear us speaking, they'll be like, wait, where are you from, London? No, but shouldn't you be sounding like this? And cheerio, good chat, good, you know, spot on, mate. Yeah. And be like, no, we don't, we don't, we, we don't speak like that, my guy. We, we, we just speak regular English, you know, but, oh man, that is, that is funny. Now, one thing I like is that um, in a, I believe it was in a um, interview, you said that you really like to focus on what you can control, which kind of led to the creation of your website so i'm quite curious like why what inspired you to make that website and and why is that important for you to share um towards your fans um i think that there is not a whole lot of visibility especially when it comes to female sports and mm -hmm. we have a growing platform at the highest levels in the WNBA and the and I think those right. platforms are growing and that is wonderful and important but there are so many professional female athletes who aren't there but are doing amazing things and that right. I think people would things that people would really appreciate so I think that having another platform where I'm able to share stories like the ones we're talking about now right. um, really brings into perspective just how much dedication and commitment um, being a professional athlete takes on every level. And I think mm -hmm. that us being able to share that 
um, not just with my fans, but the world is something that I take um, a lot of joy in mm-hmm. and, you know, let it ha- bringing joy into people's lives from them hearing these stories is just something that um, is really exciting. Right, right. And would you say, because, I don't know, I think for for me, sometimes it can be, um, well, it used to, it's, it's gotten a lot more easier now, but um, it sometimes got a little bit difficult for me to switch off from coaching or from basketball. So for yourself, did you at times feel like you as an athlete 24-7 or from early up until now, you was able to make that switch from ace the athlete to ace just a person who just likes to have her hobbies and that type of stuff well the funny thing about that is ace is kind of my basketball persona and Uh aislin is who i am off the court so um it is it's kind i had that kind of mentality and that's something my parents from a young age explained like if you're going to dedicate yourself to sports you need to be able to feel like you can get away from it because it's going to wear you out if you can't. So Ace kind of became the competitor, the the one who is going to work super hard and is super competitive and might be a little in your face. Um, (laughs) But Aislinn is the person I am outside of that. And I think that really helped me um, establish that boundary between where basketball has control over my life and where Aislinn gets to... uh, be a human being and experience things so um you know when i was younger there was a lot of issues like defining that space because Mm. you're young and when you you want to be really good you don't know how to be yourself and be an athlete you might start to define yourself by your athletic success this is it well said yeah but Mm -hmm. as you grow older you start to see that this is a job and this is part of me but it doesn't define me and once you're able to figure that out not only do you get better on the basketball floor but you're way happier as a person because you're able to separate the two and keep them in their own spaces Mm -hmm. indeed well said it's it's so true because um i had um shot to jada Bavera, um, I um, had her on the She Got Game series and uh, insight that she really brought me into that um, I wasn't made aware of that much or I don't think it's spoken about a lot is, you know, she was saying, you know, when she's on the court, it's game time. It's all about business. She's not showing you emotion. She isn't showing you if she's injured, if she's up by 10. It's just like she's just giving you a poker face. But then when it got to her personal life because she was always in athlete mode she at the time wasn't able to even differentiate how she's feeling moment to moment you know which which was a very interesting factor because I know basketball is always taught you know athletes that you have to be fearless mental toughness but then there's also a balance in terms of you know feeling okay with not being okay if that makes sense you know yeah it's learning to turn that part of yourself off exactly because that's exactly. that is the most difficult part of being an elite athlete it's understanding that you have like when you're on the court you have to be 100 percent. you have to be aggressive and you have right. to be competitive and confrontational and um almost short-sighted in the way that you interact with people and in the moment because you have to 
continuously perform possession to possession. Right. So it, it makes it easy to get lost in like in that competitiveness. And when we're able to find a way to turn that off when we step off the court and be people and connect with people and you know um, get back to who we are just um, in our humanity, not so much in an athlete but just as a person right. um, I think that really that was one of the biggest maturing steps that I found in university that really was enabled me to um, you know enjoy life outside of basketball but still perform well on the court mm-hmm. indeed indeed I think I, I um, came to that moment probably during the um, pandemic in March when I was like okay I'm going to be indoors okay I mean you know I I tripping it should be all right so okay cool so coach what are you gonna do today uh you know what? let me um catch up on some basketball all right cool what are you gonna do tomorrow the last dance is out that's about basketball let me check it out okay coach now what else you gonna do um let me watch some old basketball games it's to the point where i was like wait wait okay coach d let's just put that away okay demetrius you've got the whole day to yourself what are you gonna do that has nothing to do with basketball? And it took me like a hot minute and used to really think, oh, you know what? I used to watch anime. Let me get back into anime. Or Absolutely. I used to do this. How do we so, take care of ourselves as exactly, people? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And it, it, it really took me a minute to kind of dis- distinguish, like you said, you have Ace, the athlete, and then you have Ace, Lynn, the person. So w- without getting too much into your personal if you had to distinguish ace the athlete and then ace lynn away from the athlete how would you describe the two um i think they're they're kind of two different sides of the same coin okay so i think yeah i think that ace the athlete is aggressive and you know maybe a little bit too much oh kind of why do you mean that face, kind of in your face um competitive everything's a challenge everything is um a competition mm-hmm. just kind of a more aggressive personality a little bit more dominant person and i think even if i did play basketball ace would be a part of who i am but she's a, but that part of me is expressed and maintained really well within basketball so i feel like it's almost like an outlet for all of that energy Mm -hmm. so when i'm able to get that out and be ace and deal with all that aggressive energy that chaotic kind of i need to compete i have i need to do something um type energy i'm able to step when i step off the court to take all of the more chill um just happy to be alive enjoy right. life type right. energy and focus on that off the court and i think without basketball mm-hmm. um i wouldn't be able to be the more laid back version as aislin understood if i didn't have that outlet in basketball right right no understood understood and to those who know me know me who are listening they know that when i'm not being a coach i am a goofball i'm not gonna lie to you ace i am goofy it is ridiculous but that's a podcast for another show but anyways <laughs> i think um one thing that uh if we can just kind of go back to um ace the athlete ace i was watching a game of yours and it was it was just like i don't know what to say like you would hit threes 
and the the expression on your face is like nothing happened and like the shot is so automatic it's so pure like you know it's going in when you make deep threes off the dribble you cut baseline catch and shoot read the screens catch and shoot like when did shooting become second nature to the point where you're not really thinking about elbow follow through last two fingers dipping the ball setting up my feet like when did it become second nature and if you can even remember that moment if it was in training or a game um i think that it happens in training but i think also mentality like you build that muscle memory that confidence in training and i think that probably happened probably um in my second year of high school um, where you built that confidence in yourself you've built that repertoire your body knows where it needs to be your muscle memory is there it becomes automatic in your body but i think the mentality part comes in a game Mm -hmm. and i say that because no matter how much you practice we've all seen it people who are practice players they can they never miss in practice but they get into a game and mentally they can't do it so i think that you prepare yourself and then you solidify in like practice and then you solidify it in a game so um something that my dad was a shooter my mom was a shooter my sister is also a shooter something that is said in our house a lot is shooter shoot and that means that you have it's your job to shoot that's why i don't get so excited that's expected of me Mm -hmm. um at least from myself and i do i know that as people play with me that's something that they start to expect too so it's expected but also i need to know that every shot i'm taking is going in because if i don't believe that my shot is going in then why would i take that shot right that's a bad shot so i you know shoot or shoot so i'll have a bad game and i'll miss a bunch of shots but that doesn't stop me because the next one i believe is going in and that mentality really enables me to play and not get distracted by hitting shots or missing shots because i'm a shooter so i shoot right right indeed indeed i'm curious if i may ask because i find it interesting when you have such a successful older sibling and the younger sibling is following in that person's footsteps how do you um balance a bit of expectations but at the same time kind of saying even though i've made the path you don't necessarily have to do everything that i do like you can still find how you play if that makes sense i'm i'm, I'm sure if i ask that question properly or not no, I understand what yeah, you're saying. Okay, yeah. Um, when I was younger, me and my younger sister, she, uh, there was a lot of competition. There was a lot right. of butting heads. And our parents, right. I believe, kind of stimulated that a little bit to get okay. us going. Okay. Um, you know, there was many a times where I remember my dad said, well, you know, McKenna's going to be better than you when she's your age. And that used to make me so mad. It, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, bet. Check me, up. Check yeah, up. Yeah, it made me so angry. <laughs> And, um, but now that I've gotten older, it's more so exciting for me watching Mm. her develop into the player she is. We are, there are similarities in the way we play, but we are very different athletes. Right. Um, watching her grow is the most exciting thing. I went to an AU tournament this last summer before coming over to Switzerland. Shout out to little sis. 
yeah, before coming over to Switzerland, and she had a series where she made a move, did a step back jumper, hit it, came Oof. down, played defense, got a steal, did a full court layup, did Oof. it, came back, got a rebound off of defense, came down, and then did an amazing move and finished to the layup and got fouled. And I they can't at my guard mom you. And, they can't guard you. And I started you. crying. Oh bless. Because oh, I was man. so unbelievably proud of her in that wow. moment. And there was no competition between us. There was nothing. It was just, that's my little sister and she is killing it. Right. And I was crying and she hit her free throw and I just was bawling and my mom looked at me and she goes, Aislinn, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just so proud. And so my mom was like, oh my God, like rubbing my back as my sister's playing because I am just having like a complete meltdown on the court. <laughs> and I told her, and, and the funny thing is, I told mm. her about it later and she goes, well, I know exactly how you felt because when you won the ACC tournament and I heard and I couldn't be there, because she had a she had a, a camp that she had to go to that my dad had taken her to Atlanta. Okay. We had driven, and she's like, I was at the camp, and in the middle of the camp, we found out that you won the ACC tournament and you won MVP, and I started crying in front of everybody oh, in the camp for you. Man. She's like, so I know exactly what you felt like, and she's like, and that, and every time I watch the videos and stuff, I still tear up. So I think that you know. There's a lot of competition when you're younger, but once you both kind of find your path, it starts to become more of we're going to celebrate each other and be proud of each other than anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just just give me a minute because you paint that picture so well. This needs... Ah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, what would you say the average fan doesn't take into consideration about the lifestyle of a athlete on and off the court would you say um you know i think that because we're so visible as athletes to the world mm-hmm. um i it's and it's a little bit different than celebrity it's when i think of celebrity i think of money and fame in a sense of like entertainment beyond sports where it's not a competition they just are people right um, and they're that. When I think of athletes, mm-hmm. you have to understand that our fame comes from us performing very well and succeeding. And it's really easy to forget that all of the time we put in, how much it matters to us, especially when I was watching um, the NBA Finals, right? And Green missed that three at the top of the key yeah, people yeah, came for yeah, him came for him it's crazy and it's heartbreaking because i know exactly how he felt in that moment i have mm. missed a three exactly like that and lost the game and when i tell you i practiced that same shot for Thousands a week times, afterwards yeah. so i would wow. never miss it again because it eats at us and right. we we are already putting so much pressure on ourselves to perform and i think um when people forget that we are also human beings who are going to make mistakes who can't be perfect in every moment exactly um it it makes it even more difficult to do that because our success is completely based off 
performance as opposed to other celebrities where they just get to live their lives and avoid drama. We have to avoid drama. We have to say the right things. We have to be role models in the community. We're, you can't have a bad boy athlete very often right. that it lasts for very long. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to be this perfect example and always be visible, but at the same time perform at the highest level. And I think that is a lot of pressure. And what I think fans need to remember is that we can't be perfect right. all the time. And that doesn't mean we don't care. That doesn't mean we're not good athletes. It just means sometimes we're not going to make the shot. Sometimes we're not going to say the right thing, but we're trying really hard to do that. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. No, it's, 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 it's you. You hit the nail on the head because it's funny because um, I was um, speaking about the playoffs and we had uh, one listener um, ask a question coach like how do you feel I mean as a parent the way LeBron just walked off the court definitely wasn't a quality that a role model should have you know and and that's something that I had to explain to my kid and I could see where he was coming from but at the same time it's like like you said not every athlete is perfect and I just feel that sometimes not just um in the athlete aspect but just in general in life I I feel like people want to metaphorically speaking people want to hear about your games then you tell the story about your scrimmages you know just in in terms of the ups and downs that life just naturally brings they they just want to only see the highlights and when you win that championship wing or you become the CEO or you finally get that job and in actuality the gems and the finding yourself knowing yourself happens during those scrimmages it, it happens during those journeys because hey if i was to tell you the amount of stuff that i would do in scrimmages that led me to the point where i am now in terms of me i'm not the best ball handler ace like i you're gonna know that my teammates are gonna know that some of my players are, are gonna know that there was times when i would watch a cp3 or derrick rose at the time highlight reel I think I'm Derek Rose. So when I come to training, don't call me coach. Don't call me D. I'm D Rose. I'm turning over the ball. I'm going for windmills, reverse, and I'm just clanking it. But that kind of led me to where I am today type of thing, you know? So I just mm-hmm. I just find that really, really interesting. Yeah, and also on the note of that LeBron thing, him walking off, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a really good example too because if you care about that, that game, imagine how much him playing in that game, he cares about it. It, so though. he's upset of right. course he's upset right. so he he doesn't and it's yeah it's not a great moment and maybe if we were all perfect we'd all do that but we when something matters so much sometimes we just need to get away for a second exactly and, and you know yeah you want him to be a great um competitor and humble and do all these things but at the same time he is angry mm-hmm. he is so and he needs that moment to himself right. and we're so quick to say oh that's unsportsmanlike oh he doesn't he he thinks he's too good well it might have just been he was so upset with himself he had to leave because he was about to get angry at himself right. i've had games like that where i've walked off the court been so upset i wouldn't stood in the shower i had got off the floor and i wouldn't stood in the locker room shower so angry trying to calm down at myself and i would shower and i stood there waiting for everybody to leave because i didn't want them to see me upset like visibly angry right and then i went and worked out afterwards but nobody sees that nobody sees that you had a bad game you're angry and you take a second to compose yourself and then you go and work you go back to work 
but they want to judge that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, oh man, it's like, don't even talk to me about, like, if I, especially like, as a coach, there's, there's some games, not even some, there's a few. Oh, there was one game, now we're not, we're not going to get into that, because that's just too hurtful to speak about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's been, you know, trials and tribulations I've had as a coach, and there's been some losses that I've taken to heart, to the point where the journey from the venue to home is like 45 minutes. Throughout that whole ride home, Ace, I'm brewing, I'm like, I should have ran that play, you know, and the mismatch there, the angle of the screen wasn't, okay, I'm going to go to the film. But it, there's definitely moments where you need to kind of just, like you said, you know, you 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 felt at, at peace when you was able to take a deep breath and just reset, you know? So it's, it's, it's oh man, it's a, it's a real tough one to battle now i'm very curious with your um jersey number because seven for me speaks volumes because um well it starts off with my pups his lucky number is seven he was born on the seventh month all of his kids are seven years apart um in 2017 i reached the highest level of my um coaching so several seven literally revolves around me so i'm quite curious why you picked the number seven to wear when you play um well in high school my number was seven i wanted to be one i loved that was my au number that was my number in college and right. with ace it fits but um just the way high school worked out um you know we had the men's the boys team had the number one i don't know why we didn't have that overlapping numbers but we just did it mm-hmm. so um i chose seven and um i it's it was my favorite number growing up obviously i really like one and it's um it's meaning with my name mm-hmm. but seven was growing up i used seven and all of my young listen i'm not going to tell you my password now, but when i was <laughs> yeah, younger yeah. i had so a good, lot of so sevens with my password i got you i, <laughs> I got you do that now, guys don't <laughs> right. try and break of course into my not accounts. no never I not promise never you it won't work not never i'm telling but, you that's facts <laughs> yeah but but it won't work i promise you now but back when i was younger you could have broken in using the number seven probably. um <laughs> so i used a lot of seven and it was just kind of my always my favorite number something that i just kind of gravitated towards mm-hmm. so um i chose that in high school when there, i couldn't play as number one and then um i came here and they there wasn't a number one again um so i w- went back to my roots a little bit and chose number seven okay understood understood now i'm i'm curious with um well i'm 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 hoping i'm really hoping because as it's not just myself i think the whole world is just waiting for things to go back to normal uh, and i'm hoping that the olympics can still go through i mean from what i've heard it's it's still a sure thing for yourself um have you heard any news in terms of where the canadian national team is going to be at and and if there is how are you preparing for that or is that so kind of far down the line that's not an immediate priority to really focus on right now um well it's the olympics so it's always a priority i think you right. prepare the second the last olympics ends um mm-hmm. but, <laughs> uh, but the all the messaging we're getting from the canadian national team is that it's going to happen we're preparing for it 
I'm doing that. I am part of uh, a group of girls that they'll be selecting the team from. They're amazing um, athletes in there that I'll be competing against. Um, So, you know, I'm just very fortunate to be able to be included in this process and hopefully um, continuing on to Tokyo this next summer. Um, That is a goal, and we're just going to keep working towards it and do what we can now to demonstrate that. I mean, we have the Olympics, we have WNBA, we have all these things happening all at the same time. Unfortunately, it doesn't take a whole lot of different type of preparation. As long as I prepare here and perform well, I think I have a good shot. So um, just got to keep working. I love it. I'm, I'm telling you from now, you're definitely going to um, have some fans that's going to be rooting for you and Team Canada here in the UK. I'm, I'm, I can even picture it. I'm just like, wait, who is it? Canada gets also out there. Hey, hey, Steph, just, just watch number seven. What, is she that nice? Just watch. Just watch. That's all I'm saying. Oh, coach, she's wet. I told you. I told you. But yeah, that's going to be exciting because it's, it's, um, oh man, it's, it's just the mindset that one has to be in and two... I don't know how you guys do it because I'll be excited because I was um shout out to um Z um who I had um she was a part of the GB team and when the Olympics was here and she was saying at the time she didn't um really get to enjoy it as much because you're so locked into getting the wins and you're just so focused on the job. So I'll, I'll be quite curious to see when that comes around for you, how you balance the two in terms of focusing on the job at hand being locked into the assignments but at the same time kind of enjoying that experience you know because it only happens every four years so I'm, I'm i'm very intrigued to see how you take that on absolutely sounds like we're i'm gonna have to get on the podcast again <laughs> indeed indeed now um in terms of you you kind of touched upon it a little bit if you had to reflect on who Aislinn was off the court did you kind of find out new things about yourself during the first initial lockdown where literally like the whole world was shut down or did you pretty much know okay I know that once this thing gets locked down I'm just gonna be my regular old self um I don't think I discovered so much about myself because at this point I've been through a lot. I I'm as weird as it is to say I'm an adult now. Um, <laughs> what do you say? Like, like I'm a yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know in university it doesn't really feel like it. Everybody's always mm. taking care of you. You have all these things like you don't really have to worry about much, and suddenly you're in the real world, and now you're I'm an adult. I guess. <laughs> I, right. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I definitely right. miss my mom helping me cook all my meals. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I discovered all that much. But I definitely was able to reconnect a little bit with people who I haven't had a chance to really spend time with. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of really enjoy the life slowing down a little bit because it feels okay. like ever since high school I've been going 100 miles an hour yep, every which way and yep. you know you don't you don't really realize how little time you've been able to get off to yourself until right. you get it and you're like whoa when is the last like what do I even do because I don't really <laughs> right. know what I like anymore what I right. want to do so having that chance to have life slow down even though it was 
feeled unbearable at the time Mm -hmm. um really allowed me to reconnect with my family to reconnect with my friends that i've been not like i for lack of a better word neglecting just simply because of my responsibilities Mm -hmm. and um also getting back into the things i love the reading because i have you know you don't really get to read when you're in university because you're always reading something you'd rather not be reading (laughs) Um, and cooking and um art and all of these great things that you neglected because you're so busy hunting success hunting Mm -hmm. achievement um which is very important but i think that sometimes overshadows those things and i think that was the best part of quarantine that's the silver lining of it all is that i got to reconnect with um the things that were important to me before are still important now just haven't had enough time indeed Indeed. And listeners, I just apologize. As soon as I'm having an interview with Ace, this helicopter just wants to just fly over my house. Like, seriously, come on, guys. Sort it out. But anyways, <laughs> um, now, just before we wrap up, we're um, going to do the quick hitters segments. I'm just going to ask you a question and I'm going to see where you're at with the answers. So the first one is ace what would you say is a skill that is taught by many but only mastered by a few oh taught by many only mastered by a few um in the sense of basketball or just life in general it could be basketball life whichever comes to mind first i think grinding I think that lots of people want to talk about grinding. You know, you see it all over social media and Mm -hmm. their stories and and their tweets and all of it talking about, oh, we're going to grind, you know, like wolves and sheep and all those types of things. (laughs) But how many people really get down, get dirty and do the things and make the sacrifices needed? I think that's probably the answer. Mm -hmm. Understood. Understood. Okay, next one best piece of advice you ever received um best piece of advice i ever received wow that is a deep one um (laughs) (laughs) i think that um this one seems a little bit i guess dark but once you once you're able to grasp it it does uh success is lonely Mm. and you have to be prepared to be lonely and Mm. i think that that is something very dark especially when you're hearing it when you're 12 but (laughs) uh i think it doesn't mean so much that you're going to be alone but it means that there's not going to be very many people who are going to understand you Mm. and fight for you and be in your corner and it and i think that advice really helped me choose my circle and bring people in that were only going to make me better and support me the way I needed to be supported Mm -hmm. um, from a very young age and I think that had a lot to do with my success would you just to stay on that for a quick moment would you say um in terms of athletics or for upcoming athletes they shouldn't necessarily hold on to what success looks or feels like like success it, it itself shouldn't be a image in in terms of because if 
an athlete goes through the stage and if they not experience it as seeing feeling what they thought of when they was 15 then to them it's not success would you say um yeah i think success has to be redefined over and over again once right. you take in consideration of the facts of whatever's happening mm-hmm. uh, you have to you have to be very realistic with yourself and um along that my advice for people like that is if somebody only ever makes you feel good they're probably not good for you so you need people to challenge you by maybe saying well something said. that's challenging yeah. calling you out but also by the fact that they are successful people you don't want people who are less than you aren't challenging you aren't on the same level you don't want that you want somebody who you're is constantly challenging you with right. their presence sometimes because right. that's going to push you to be the best person you can possibly be right. so if they make you feel good all the time they're probably not good for you to say i guess it's kind of like the same as sugar too much of one thing is never good no it's true it's true it's, it's, it's quite funny because as you said that as a job as a joke, as I'm like, you know what, Ace, you can't shoot. You're not that bad. But I'm like, coach, that's cap. Don't even do that to yourself. So let's, we're just going to move on from that one. Okay, so the last one is, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned um, how independent I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just understanding um, how strong how capable um, and how ready I am to face um, all of the struggles that come along with, you know, becoming an adult, doing all these things. I think um, all of the challenges that basketball have posed in front of me have given me so much confidence and independence that it really allows me to um, trust myself in life. Understood. Understood. I love it. I love it. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun now just before we wrap up what i do um with our guest is ace we do 10 seconds and you need to give me five so i might say for example ace i'm gonna give you 10 seconds to name uh, five um nba teams for, for example and we've got a little soundtrack here so when you hear this and you start hearing the 10, countdown nine, that's when you can just eight, start seven listen them off Okay. Cool. All good. I see. I, I like it already. Ace is already locked in. Okay, let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, Ace. The first one is Ace. I'm gonna give you ten seconds to name five NBA players. Ten, nine, Steph eight, Curry, seven, uh, Dwight Howard, six, LeBron James, five, uh, four, Chris Paul, yep. um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Clay Thompson. Yes, sir. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, bet. Second one, Ace. I'm gonna give you ten seconds to name five NBA teams. Ten. Nine, Lakers, eight, Raptors, seven, Golden State Warriors, six, five, Bucks, four, and the Hornets. Light work. One. We're two seconds on the clock. Light. Okay, next one. Hey, see this one, it, it, it can get a bit difficult, but we, we shall see how you do. Okay, Ace, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA coaches. 
Oh no no no. <laughs> Last two, okay. Ace, I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to name five international players that play in the NBA. 10, 9, Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Last one, last one. This one should be should be um easy. Okay, last one. Right, Ace. I'm gonna give you ten seconds to give me your top five favorite players in the NBA. In the currently. Currently. Ten. Okay. Nine. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, um, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Easy easy fellas listeners that is it um i want to thank ace for her time um and ace um if they would like to follow you even though all the um info is going to be in the description where can they follow you um it's super super easy ace koenig a-c-e-k-o-n-i-g dot com is my website and just ace koenig is my handle for all of my social media so that's where you can keep up with Perfect, perfect. All good listeners. This is myself and the sharpshooter Ace signing out.